Welcome to podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Welcome to podcast 2187. And this is going to be great as always. But now we have a new reason for it to be great. And that reason is that we have the finale of the movie to be talking about. We're going to get to that second though. So if you're avoiding spoilers, you can still stick around for a little bit. Uh, we've got some other things to be discussing in addition to that. But first and foremost, the priority thing here is to introduce the main talent of this show and to, to roll out the red carpet for him and, and give him his moment in the spotlight. And, and now is the time where I step aside and introduce Mark, who's going to take it from here. Hi. <laughs> that Hi. was. Hi. Am I on? Yes, yes, Mark, you okay. are on. We are alive, and you're on. Episode 151! <laughs> yeah, so that was something that happened last week, too, by the way. If you missed that, you should listen to, if you're willing, you should listen to last week's episode, because Mark was quite entertaining. He had some assistance in getting there, but he was still entertaining. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to chill out a little bit on that tonight. I mean, here, <laughs> here, here's the thing. I love podcasting with Tim. Love it. So for me, it's like, everybody leave me alone. I'm talking Star Wars with Tim. I'm going to have a beer, have a little bit of whiskey. Yeah. And it's just, you know, hanging out, talking, having a great time. And then sometimes it's like, I already drank my beer. Well, I need another one. <laughs> and before you know it, you're just like Star Wars, Star Wars. Your words start slurring a little bit. But I had a good time last week. I mean, this is entirely out of context, and you're not going to get any context right now. And I don't mean you. I mean, an average listener will not get any context. But um, yesterday, I had a free 24-ounce Bud Light paid for by Bud Light. How often does that happen? Not very often, but it made me happy. Did so. you critique them on the, uh, on the flavor? Uh, you know, I didn't. <laughs> I was just happy to take the free... The, the the free beer and run with it. Yeah, it's never something you really want to do. Yeah. Somebody gives you something free and uh, you know, you're like, Oh well, okay, look, this is why it's horrible. Yeah. Apparently it's it's worth like fourteen bucks or something like that. Well it depends that on where you're buy. at. If if you're at a, a game somehow, then yeah, it's worth like twenty. Well, yeah. You like you like baseball too? Yeah, yeah. It's not like my number one sport thing, but I do watch it and I do enjoy it. Do you have a team? Yep. Who who is it? Nats. Oh, Home how did they do this year? Did they do okay? Yeah, yeah, they got a playoff spot, and they just uh, if I'm, um, Bryce Harper is with the Phillies, and I think he's now regretting that decision. Probably not because of money, but you know. Yeah, because the Nationals are in it. Yeah, they are, and they just uh, they just got a really nice, sweet victory over the Phillies. I'll make this very brief for our people who do not follow sports, but I'm very happy that Joe Madden is no longer uh, going to be the Cubs manager because he has always wanted to be the manager for the Angels. He started with the Angels, but Mike Sosha was blocking him from moving forward. So now, hopefully, he's coming here. That's the rumors, anyways. And I, th- I think Good I man. mentioned this before, but I, yeah, I got to see the Cubs at uh, Chicago for celebration. That's awesome. That, I mean, it that's really one was. of those. That's one of those those fields that you know. If you go to, if you go to Boston, you should go to Fenway. If you go to Chicago, right. you know, you, you go to Wrigley. Right. Uh, I think Dodgers is probably up there. 
you know, uh, it's not as storied as, uh, you know, um, Fenway or Wrigley, but it's, it's certainly an older park. Right. Been around for a long time. So, well, and, and another thing too is pretty neat because Jonas Suodomo did the um, ceremonial first pitch too for it, which was nice. Oh, nice. And uh, but but one thing well, I and I that was... would be for our, for our listeners who aren't familiar, that would be the the new Chewbacca. Yes, the current for Solo, Force Awakens, Slash Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. Chewbacca. Do you think uh, you think Lando is going to call him? Uh, Billy Williams will call him Chewbacca. Oh, I I would plan on it. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, it has to be, uh, but I will say real quick though is one one thing that was cool about that. Um, going to a baseball game. So, I my primary sport is the NFL. I'm a big football fan, and I've been to a few different games for that. And then going to the uh, Cubs game, it is significantly more affordable to do that. <laughs> I discovered. So that's one thing it definitely has in its favor is it's more user fr- or viewer friendly if you want to go see that in person, so. Yeah, because we don't gouge our, um, our uh, pants. Yeah, well, apparently, because it, it it's a no, quite a noticeable difference. Did you hear my sneeze, or, or was that? I didn't notice your sneeze. But if you want, I can give you a moment to, to put it out there. No, I'm good. Okay. All right, a little pepper. I'm, I'm, so. I'm preparing dinner again. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't going to hear the steak sizzles, though, are we? You might. We might. My critique last week from my wife was that it was cold by the time she got home. Oh. And so I was like, "Yeah, you're right," because I cooked it, you know. But now I'm gonna I'm gonna start the fire when we're on the podcast and finish it up when we're off. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I aim to please. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and get started with what we're going to be talking about that's not spoiler stuff, which was news to come out pretty recently that I assumed would have a pretty cohesive reaction, but I don't know. I've seen some people feel a little differently about it. But I've seen a lot of people feel differently about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was announced that Kevin Feige, who's pretty much the mastermind behind the MCU, is going to be given a Star Wars movie. Yes! So, yeah, I'm like so. Considering the popularity and the success of the MCU right now, I would take that as good news. Uh, again, like you said, I, I have seen various reactions to it and different types of less positive thoughts about it. Um, but I, the truth is, at the same time, we don't know anything about it yet. We still don't. I mean, from what my understanding, he's not going to direct it, right? It doesn't feel like he's going to direct it. I don't think uh, it feels like he's going to produce it. Right. Uh, and everyone's like, well, Captain Kennedy is the producer. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But he's going to shepherd this particular particular picture mm-hmm. through. And obviously not... he's going to work tandem, work in tandem with her. But I not only that, but also Bob it. Iger, don't forget, he's the guy in charge of everything. And he can easily be like, look, I want Kevin to handle this one. And that's that. Right. Especially which given be, their relationship with Marvel. Which would be offensive to a lot of people oh. if that were to happen. But I saw an interview with Bob Iger and Oprah the other day. Did you see that? I didn't. Apparently, he's so amazing that Oprah Winfrey in the interview said that if you were running for president, I always think you should run for president. And if you did, I would go from door to door canvassing so that I could help you get elected. Bob Iger? 
She said that to Bob Iger, Bob Iger in an interview. They're sitting in like a backyard somewhere, and I was like, "Holy crap! <laughs> what is this, this guy? Is like Jesus?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got you got Oprah just like Bob. You should run for president. It's like wow, holy sh- no, sh- <laughs> I mean, that is so, a pretty big endorsement yeah. if you were even well, to consider sure. it. Especially, especially in this day and age, you know, and just the fact of the matter is, is that you know, suggesting any any older white male to be a uh, to be a presidential candidate is like, okay, let's give somebody else a try because we've had you know hundreds of years of old white males. Right. So for Oprah Winfrey to suggest that this guy is that fantastic, it's like uh, that's true. Maybe, maybe he is. Right. Maybe I don't know. I mean, he did do a hell of a job at Disney. Well, I mean. <laughs> it's not like they weren't big in the first place, but now it seems like they pretty much dominate the film industry. Yeah, but I don't know if you remember, and I'd be curious to go start digging it up and looking at it. But there was a time, you know, in my lifetime where Disney wasn't anything. You know, Disney—you'd go to the parks, and the parks were starting to get a little run down. Um, they didn't have their animation do, uh, really run full steam anymore. You know, and then Eisner came mm-hmm. in with uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg. And started like, you know, let's get the animation back going. Let's get the parks back up. And they really turned it around to where now it's just a juggernaut. Right. I mean, and look honestly, at them I mean, taking control of so much. Again, like Marvel and Lucasfilm are huge, obviously. They have Fox now. Uh, who oh, I forget. Wasn't there somebody else they were just working on getting? I'm not sure. Well, they have, they have Pixar. And P- Pixar is yeah. like... Okay, hey Pixar, how's it going? Toy mm-hmm. Story Four, right on. <laughs> I, you know, they they do these movies that don't even. Frozen is not even Pixar. Yeah, you know they don't need necessarily Pixar anymore. Right, but at the same time, that whenever they come out with something like Inside Out, it does really well. It does do really well. You know, I didn't even know that, like, I saw Incredibles 2, and I thought it was good. It certainly wasn't as good as Incredibles 1, in my opinion, but the thing did right. millions of dollars. And now, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a live-action Toy Story soon. <laughs> well, give now, they, now they're doing live-action. There's live-action bugs like Live-action cars. It's like, all right, well, this is the John Favreau. John Favreau working on The Lion King. Yeah, Exactly. Man, that guy, how how good is it to be John Favreau? A pretty darn good. He just seems like a really nice guy. Did I say this last episode? <laughs> Don't remember you saying that specifically, no. And that's the person that I honestly wonder as well if, you know, obviously we talked about uh, Foggy doing Star Wars. And so the questions are, who would he hire to, to direct it? Right. Well, the Russo brothers come to mind. Um, as a possibility, because he's worked with them so many times that, you know, they probably have sort of this unspoken language and they all sort of want the same thing. Mm-hmm. But Favreau as well. I, well, you know, I wonder about uh, uh, Taika Waititi too. Yeah, depending, Taika depending was... on what the movie is. Well, because, but see, Taika Waititi has, a, has Thor coming out. And well, I yeah, honestly, but, but I just, I, you can work it out, though. You could, but I honestly think this one's coming out 
before all of them now. Oh, you think? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that would be really interesting. I think so, because I think this is, as much as they want to deny it, I think this is Marvel's, not Marvel, excuse me, this is a Lucasfilm and Star Wars way of of jump-starting Star Wars. You know, because mm. if because when you look at it, so so they got Ryan Johnson, right? Yeah. Who who right or wrong, there's a, a a vocal part of the fan base that does not like him. True. Yeah. Or you've got the Game of Thrones guys. There's <laughs> a vocal part of Game of Thrones fans. Who don't like them anymore? They did for the longest time, but not because of the, the right. way it ended. Not anymore. So it's like these guys are not clean to jumpstart Star Wars after you know after the ending of the Skywalker saga because they can still coast on ending the Skywalker saga. You still get that. You've already got Ray. It's a billion dollar you know property. But what do you do now? And, and I honestly think it makes more sense to have. Feige sort of get a, a one and done or a one with the possibility of future movies down the road if it if it pays out you know if it pays off it the way you put that almost makes it seem like uh, Lucasfilm went to Disney and they're like hey look w- give us the best scene that you can to help us figure this out or whatever and then Disney goes here have a Kevin Feige <laughs> right yeah. thank you I didn't I was wondering one of these yeah I mean I mean I don't really know which way they're gonna go with it but but the movie's so far out. What it's two years? The next movie's two years from now, or is it three years? Uh, three, I think. Which is perfect time for anything. I want to. This is just off of memory, but I want to. <laughs> I can just see Jesse shaking his head right now. <laughs> we talked on Twitter before. I think it's twenty twenty two was the first one, but I could be wrong. And, and again, what I would just said is Jesse, um, uh, who's awesome. I've talked about it before uh, on the show. Tweeted something before about how he doesn't like when podcasts make statements that they're wrong about, but they're like, you know, totally confident in their being right, even though they're wrong and all that. So, so I, is he thankful that we just don't know and we just throw things? Well, out no, I, I I told him something about like, yeah, you're right, we need a fact checker or something, just joking around. And he was like, and he's like, no, like when you guys are wrong, you you will like put that out there, like, well, we think it might be this way, but like, not really sure. So here we are doing that again. Like I think it's 2022, but yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I could be wrong. Hopefully, I'm not. But uh, you know, why do people listen? Like, like we need to like do some research before we talk about stuff. I don't think like, people this listen is, to us for research. Well, well, that is that is very true. However, um, this is all just based off of my memory, so it's a really 50-50 shot. Half the things that I say. Well, your memory's pretty good, though. You're you're still young. You're still vibrant. You know, <laughs> life hasn't. You know, set in yet with it being difficult and troublesome. Leave, leave that to uh, the old part. I, I don't know, but okay. Not, not yet. <laughs> okay. Not yet. All right. Have you have you woken up on on multiple benders yet? What? <laughs> you don't remember how you got there? You there? I don't think I could say that. No. All right. See, not there yet. <laughs> So, well, well, okay. Because the, the, <laughs> we got a lot that we still do need to get to that's going to take a long, long time. Well, I mean, so, what, what do you think? Uh, real, well, real for, for the Feige stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, before we get away from that and into the spoiler section, obviously, I mean, we're also obviously seeing a lot of people grousing about it, you know? Right. Uh, the question is, who's the producer? Kathleen Kennedy's the producer, and you're right, but Kathleen Kennedy's more than a producer. She's also the 
She's also the head of um, Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of producers for Marvel. Um, James mm-hmm. Gunn's a producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s a producer. John Favreau's a pre- producer. And it J.J. Was Abrams Luke. was a producer on The Last Jedi. Right. Uh, who is it? Luis uh, D'Esposito, I think, is a producer as well on, uh, on a lot of the Marvel films. So there's a lot of producers there. So J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams being the producer on the film, answering to the head of Lucasfilm, that's not a big deal. You know, he's just working the capacity that he's producing this film and he's looking to them for guidance. But you still have people who are like, well, Marvel's not all that good. All right, well, you know, you've, you've got the people who already hate Last Jedi, right? who hate Feige for Captain Marvel, who right. now hate this idea. So it's the same people yelling about Last Jedi or yelling about this. But now you've got the people who like Last Jedi who are like, well, he's not as good as Ryan Johnson. I don't. I don't know. Everybody has their own taste. Well, the thing but, is, if you take out personal opinion, which it is really hard to do, but if you look at what's based off of the numbers and the actual measurable success, Feige is the best thing to hit Disney recently. So again, putting him together in this sort of marriage with Star Wars somehow to see what comes of this is going to be probably in Disney's best interest at this point. Well, yeah, you look and, at the and ours. That- it definitely is. I mean, Sony just decided to. Sony Sony was notorious in the news lately for having a big dispute with Disney over uh, Spider Man, and <laughs> right. and Sony's like, we could do it on our own. They're not responsible for the success of Spider Man. We are, you know. <laughs> and, and then at the end of the day, after they announced Kevin Feige's doing Star Wars, they're like, okay, fine. We will gladly let you pay for twenty five percent of the film to get twenty five percent of the profits. Right. Which is a steal at this point. Yeah. So you, you're going to pay for, you know, you're going to get billions of dollars. And, and it helps promote their brand. So, I don't know. The, the, guy, the, the guy is an amazing genius as far as producing these films. Whether you like them or not, there isn't anybody right now out there with a track record that he has. And having this guy work on Star Wars films is, it's a positive. Yeah. Because, again, he, he's not the one directly creating the movie, per se, as much as orchestrating the the best crew to make an amazing movie, too. But with him, it's kind of like the mastermind behind it. Right, and suppose he's a Star Wars fan, which, you know, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, uh, uh, Favreau was a Star Wars fan. That seems to be working out okay. Filoni was a Star Wars fan. That seems to be working out all right. Ryan Johnson was a Star Wars fan. Yeah, and people seem to love that movie. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so that that was one of the, the big stories to drop recently, officially. Um, was that uh, did it come from Deadline Hollywood or something like that? Uh, I think it was uh, Hollywood Reporter. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I, I believe somebody... Jesse. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, we. I feel like Jesse. He has no choice in this. He's now just our fact checker. Even if he never gets back to us, we're just going to refer to him anyway. He's going to fact check and say, "Look, I never said that in the first place, so I don't know why." <laughs> That's true too. Yeah, anyway, all right. Talk, so, talk my name out there. were there any other like official, actual news things that you really wanted to get to, or before we move on to the part that's less official, more unofficial? 
Uh, real quick, everybody, if you don't if you listen to this podcast, you already know that Force Friday is this Friday. It's oh, yeah. Like <laughs> two, three days from now. So have That's a good right. time. Buy, buy some swag. I think uh, I'm sure we'll be correct. <laughs> we'll be corrected. But I think Star Wars Resistance always uh, also comes out this Friday. So, but wait, is Force Friday starting at midnight Thursday slash Friday morning? Or is it at the start yes. of business? Friday no, for these places. It's, it's always it's always Thursday night, Friday morning, but it seems okay. like a lot of places are not going to be open at midnight. Well, like, no. I, for the first one in, in 2015, the first time, I was one of those guys there in line waiting for the store to open, and it was fun. Uh, but at the same time, I was like, I don't really feel the need that I need to do because like, I don't live in New York City or anything where it could all potentially be gone the next day. I mean, some stuff might be gone. Well, but I, I don't know. I'm not really on the collector side of things either so like, it's fun and getting the information is fun but i just as soon stay home see the posts online about it and if there's anything that i want i can get it later well you, you know and i remember being online for the phantom menace uh, um midnight release and that was at toys r us and you get in there and everything's done up and there's like here's 15 basic figures you're like oh whoa here's you know three or four different uh 12 inch figures you're like hi how am I going to get all this? How am I going to afford it? And yeah. how am I going to beat all these people who are trying to get it before me? Well, and that's what and I'm saying. Like, like for me, it was it was fun to stand there and look at it. But like you said, that was just about it. It was almost like a museum. I'm walking down the aisles going, oh, cool. I'm going to keep walking. Well, yeah. So. In this one, it's like, here's here's the Mandalorian. Here's the guy from Fallen Order. Here's a few people from, uh, from uh, Rise of Skywalker. And uh, there you go. Yeah, so again, don't get me wrong. It's going to be fun, and and I my spirit is with everybody going out there to participate in it. Um, I'm just this time I will not actually physically be there like I was uh, for the 2015 one. But again, it is cool because like you just mentioned, they have three things. This is Triple Force Friday. They have three different things that they're doing now. Um, and I, I didn't even check, but I, I should at some point. Pre- is the the art of the Rise of Skywalker up for pre order yet, or is that going to happen? Uh, I yeah, I think I already have it on order. Okay, because I haven't checked that yet, but I should look into that. Yeah, because you get it really dirt cheap, and then it uh, goes astronomical. Yeah, it's yeah. better to lock it, lock in before they realize, oh, you made a mistake. <laughs> well, and I also do want to mention too that we are probably only a couple of weeks away from the full trailer and the tickets going on sale for the Rise of Skywalker. If we're going based off of previous years, it would probably be around Monday, October fourteenth. Is the guess? Um, because of Monday Night Football on ESPN is typically where they unveil the trailer for the first time, and then at the end says tickets available now. So that is again, that's actually two weeks from today. Oh yeah, crap, that's on a Monday. I keep forgetting about that. So we can we can talk about the trailer right after it comes out. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't but think about didn't that. Oh, but I'm gonna be too busy trying to get my damn tickets because if it's anything like Endgame, I'm screwed. Well, sure, that was but horrible. Like, uh, we'll, 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 we will podcast immediately after the completion of the ticket purchase. Oh, can that be the? Uh, can that be the uh, curses will, allowed episode? Oh, like that will be the episode. Is you trying to get the tickets? <laughs> oh man, you're gonna have to so many bleeps if that's the case. <laughs> um, and but yeah, so that again, that should probably just be about two weeks from right now. So that's coming up here pretty soon. Again, we're going to have the, the, the full trailer. This is after Force Friday, which is this coming weekend. Um, 
And then before you know it, it's just a couple more weeks after the trailer until we hit November, and then we're going to have Jedi Fallen Order coming out, which is going to be fun. Of course, you've always got the TV spots and more news and stuff coming out between now and then, interviews, magazines, all this stuff. Before you know it, honestly, it's going to go by pretty quickly because then the movie's going to be here. Well, you forgot one thing. What's that? Oh, Mandalorian? Yeah, and then we're going to have a new Star Wars every week Yeah, before uh, that starts. That's also in November here in just November twelfth. A month, yeah, it's about. Like, is what, that on a Monday? Uh, did we say that was on a Monday or Tuesday? See, November uh, Tuesday. It's Tuesday because that's usually when we wow. release the episodes. What, what are we doing? So. We haven't figured that out yet. All right, let's talk spoilers. <laughs> no, we we kind of did. We kind of we had an idea, which we're not disclosing at this time, but we had an idea behind the scenes. We're, we're not leaking it right now. Okay, um, so we Jason have. <laughs> <laughs> that's true i wonder who's jason sources for me <gasps> is it you no are you, no, are you jason source for the podcast outlaw noah well i don't tell him anything so it has to be unless you tell noah stuff and then he goes <laughs> oh man this is convoluted you hear all those people say hurry up and get on with the spoilers no i really don't i feel them <laughs> We do have, if you listen to last week's episode, it was pretty much a summary of the first and second acts of The Rise of Skywalker, okay? And so I promised pretty much at that point that unless something weird happened the next week, which is right now, we would have the conclusion, act three, detailed summaries of the plot for the end of the Skywalker saga. And sure enough, we do have that. And we will be reviewing that here in just a moment. I'll be reading the the again detailed synopsis for it. Mark will be contributing his wonderful thoughts along the way. And uh, I, I do want to start this again with the uh, reminder that this comes from the Jedi Pax's source um, from Reddit. And if you follow Jason primarily with making Star Wars and his YouTube videos and all that, thus far, uh, what he's been saying, what Jedi Paxis has been saying, hasn't, by and large, has really not been refuted by Jason. He seems to pretty much be like, yeah, seems legit with what he knows. Um, so at this point, we're running with it. Not necessarily every single detail is going to be 100%, but it does seem pretty reliable from what we know so far. So um, if you are avoiding spoilers, again, obviously this would be the point where you probably wouldn't want to be listening too much anymore. Um, but if you are, this is going to be a continuation of our last episode. So... We're going to start with Act 3. Where we ended with Act 2 was the terminology about uh, Ben Solo walking away from the identity of Kylo Ren and discarding his lightsaber and so on. Okay? Pretty dramatic imagery and, and terminology. So where we pick up with it for Act 3 is on Octo. And so following her experience on the Death Star, Rey returns to the island on Octo. Throughout the course of the film, she has given into her aggression because she nearly killed her friend uh, by unleashing a stream of lightning onto a ship, or at least she thought she did with Chewie. Um, learned that she is the descendant of a Sith Lord who reduced the Jedi to numbers that they have yet to recover from even half a century later. And also the big bad guy of this film. Uh, she saw a vision of herself as a servant of the dark side and she stabbed her enemy through the chest out of anger when he was like having a vulnerable moment. Hot. <laughs> so, because of all this stuff, she's seeing her own aggression combined with what Luke said in The Last Jedi about how she went straight to the darkness, all that, right? So this isn't making her feel great. So she goes back to Octo. 
Um, and her most recent encounter with Kylo says was the last straw. And so she made the decision to follow the example set by Luke and exile herself on the island where the Jedi began. She scuttles her ship and, or at least the one that she stole from Kylo rather, and throws the repaired Anakin lightsaber into the ship, which is going underwater. A ghostly hand snatches the lightsaber out of thin air as it's being thrown, and it's Luke. So Luke has a conversation with Rey, and it's said that he's pretty encouraging, but pretty realistically grim in tone at the same time. Luke knows firsthand what it is like to face Palpatine, and that it's not an easy task. Rey must confront Palpatine in the same way that Luke once had to confront Vader. Luke encourages Rey by telling her of the faith Leia had in her. She saw the potential within her and hoped that Rey would be able to restore balance to the Force once more, just as Anakin once did. Rey supposedly asks to speak to Leia at this point, but Luke responds by telling her that Leia has not yet completed her training and he cannot feel her distinctive consciousness within the Force. So basically, she's not here yet. <laughs> Can't talk to her. By the end of their conversation, Rey is re-energized for the seemingly insurmountable task that lies ahead of her and agrees to annoying. leave the island. You know how kind of creepy it is that, you know, because when you see Last Jedi, Luke knows nothing. There is no Leia feels highly of Rey. You know what I mean? Right. But now it's like, hey, Leia felt very highly of you in your training. It's like, that's creeper, Luke. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that's like that's like if they're trading the forest. Luke is like a few trees back, just like <laughs> just watching. Just like they, they turn it, they turn around and they see half of him for like sticking out the side of a tree. Yeah, I mean, do you imagine that he like pops in to Leia when you know no one else is around? He's like, so what's going on? Tell, tell me about the training. She's like, Luke, it's been great. She's been doing good. She's she's got her force, uh, you know. She can grab a lightsaber out of, out of midair. She's okay, doing but, really well. but have you tested her with the blast shield down? No, that was pointless. Leia, Leia look, I told you once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is, is that what's going on? I doubt it. <laughs> Do, are we going to get that in a book or something? I, I also doubt that. All right, whatever. But he does convey that Leia was pretty confident with her, right? Or believes it's in time. her. Time time. Is New York Comic Con this week? Yeah, I don't think so. It's typically, if it's the same as when I went, it would probably be like the 10th through 13th, I would think. Of October? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, sorry, I assume they were announcing Star Wars stuff there, so I wondered if. Oh, they never do that. Well, let me no? Look it up. Oh, no, no, you're right. It is. It's the 3rd through the 6th of October. So, so yeah, it should be this weekend. They may not, they may announce books. At most, Lions. I mean that that would be the most it would be, honestly. Well, it's a busy week. That's it. Yeah, busy, yeah. busy week. Because okay. that covers Force Friday. Man, can you imagine if you're like a big collector and you try to go to New York Comic Con at the same time? You got Triple Force Friday, that Friday of NYCC. Like that's gonna be a lot. And you go on, you go on the on the con floor, and there's a guy they're going sixty dollars <laughs> for Ray. It's like, Son of a gun. <laughs> You're gouging me. So, well, okay, but sorry, go ahead. The point is that Luke tells Ray, "You know what? You got this." With better words, but still. Uh, that's by the, the end of the worst. Their... That's <sighs> the worst. Oh, you wanted my commentary. 
Do you not want my commentary, Tim? Finish your sentence, Mark. That is the worst pep talk ever. <laughs> you got this. Luke just... didn't even defeat Palpatine. It took he... his dad to do it. He materializes wearing sunglasses, gives her a head nod. You got this. And then yeah. fades away again. And this is deal with it. And he moves on. Hey, that'd be enough for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. By the end of their conversation, Ray is re-energized for the seemingly insurmountable task. Okay? Re-energized. So maybe he didn't give the best pep talk ever, but it worked because she's re-energized. So what music are we going to get here? Are we going to get like a swell as she realizes she has to go kick some, some Sith butt? Probably, no, I, I wouldn't imagine. I would think it would be more of a like a uh, kind of more tender types of tones with their conversation. And then maybe more uh, committed types of sounds for when they when they're done. Mm, okay. Like a tremolo, whatever they call <laughs> <laughs> So having destroyed the shit that she used to come to Octo, which was Kylo's, Luke raises his own X-Wing, which was submerged in the uh, waters on Octo, to allow Ray to face Palpatine. You know how awesome that moment's going to be? It's going to be amazing. And honestly, I might have like an emotional moment <laughs> if they play the same music that Yoda used to get Luke's water out. Or water, you know, crash, to get his X-Wing out of the water. You know what would have made that moment better? What's that? If R2 was still in the X-Wing. <laughs> he just comes out, finally! <laughs> yeah, holy crap, how long do I have to be underwater? <laughs> oh, man. That would be pretty be good. Yeah, that'd be better because he hasn't done anything. I mean, to be fair, give a map. I'm like, he has been seen during this time frame, but that would still be funny. It would be great if they just didn't have R2, and all of a sudden he comes back from the ending. (laughs) He's like, like Luke, I was stuck in here. I told you that you didn't care. You threw me down into the water. Friendship over. Although he did, he did show the force projection of, or not force. I can't. I don't even know what I'm saying. The hologram of Leia to Luke on the Falcon in Last Jedi. So that's something that he did. That's true. That's true. It's it's hard to you know. I th- I think uh, he's going to get a little bit. He's going to get a little, little bit more play this time. A little bit more action as far as in the story. And if that toy is right, that yeah. uh, our good friend Indiana Jedi keeps alluding to, then uh, I may lose everything. <laughs> Uh, I mean, well, there's some good fan service in this film, you know. There, there point, is, but care. the difference between this fan service and the 3PO on Yavin 4 and Rogue One fan service is that this fan service is relating to the story. Well, yeah, it feels earned, too. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good way to put it, yeah. Um, sorry, so, in addition to the Starfighter, Luke gifts Rey with a lightsaber that once belonged to Leia. He tells her now, uh, how Leia left her saber with Luke when she stopped training, and Luke kept it on him. He then points Rey to where he kept it safe in his hut, and Rey boards the X-Wing armed with the coordinates for Palpatine's location obtained from Vader's Wayfinder and leaves the planet. So she leaves with two lightsabers, Anakin's and Leia's. Do you really want my commentary on everything? Because I, this, this Luke feels lazy. He's just like, hey, it's over there. Go get it. Yeah, he's, he's able. He's able to grab her lightsaber. Hit, you know, hit the Anakin Skywalker lightsaber out of thin air, and he's like, oh yeah, Leia's lightsaber. It's over there. It's in the hut. Second drawer <laughs> on the left, uh, the very bottom. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like 
I feel like that's one of those things where when you read a plot synopsis, you notice it when you're watching the movie. You don't necessarily <laughs> notice it because of the way the conversation goes. Uh, but I guess you're saying. He's lazy, Luke. <laughs> he's like, look, I earned my right to be lazy, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and seriously, though, does he really like Octo or Octo or whatever? Or, I mean, we already know he, well, you know what, he can go wherever he wants. Yeah, I think he's just there because that's where she. But then he's went. still he's still a creeper. Like Obi Wan is a creeper too. <laughs> he's just everywhere Luke's at. He's like, hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, they. I think they played that up in the uh, the Family Guy TV show. So. Yeah. How stupid with that. So next at the Resistance's jungle base. Uh, it says, after returning to the jungle base, several things happen, which, by the way, is secret. Um, several things happen. <laughs> after seeing the sacrifice made by 3PO, R2 reveals that he has a backup of 3PO's memories in his archives and is able to restore the droid to a mostly whole state. The reason it says mostly is because the uh, Pax is here. His source believes this backup to have been created sometime around the time of The Force Awakens. So... It has pretty much like because the Force Awakens is what just over a year before this movie, so it's pretty much everything that we would want three PO to have in his memory, except for the past year. Um, I still think it would be amazing if C three PO or if R two had the whole time his memory from before it was wiped in Revenge of the Sith. From the, yeah, from the prequels too. Yeah, and then he just gives him everything and like, whoa. Well, that, oh that was God. a rumor a long time ago. Now, I don't know if that was Trevorrow-based or not, but there was a rumor about 3PO remembering everything from the prequels because he got his memory back from the uh, Krillin Corvette and went back and remembered Anakin. And that was going to be part of the way that they were going to have all nine movies in one moment was by 3PO remembering all nine movies at once. That, that may still happen because, you know, this... This this plot synopsis is very shy on dialogue, and you know it doesn't talk about. It, it's very heavy on action. They went here, they went there. This happened. It doesn't talk about the inciting, you know, conversations fully that lead to it, other than the big important stuff. Like you know, I don't think in this synopsis at all is Ray. I mean, excuse me, is Rose, right? But you know she has a part in it. You know that there's conversations that she ha- she has to have at least one line. Otherwise, right. boy, you're, you're going to really upset people. Same thing with Maz. I don't think they're talking about Maz at all in this. Right. Um, but she's on the poster. Well, she's on the Brian Roud po- or Rude po- poster that he just updated today. Uh, she's on it. Uh, Rose is on it. It's it's the you know the poster where it has Ray versus Kylo. Yeah. Uh, he just sent he just put out the updated version and it has both of them on it. Okay. So I I don't imagine that everything everything you know there has to be conversations and it's not in the synopsis. So there is definitely stuff that's left out. Well, yeah, and you also have things. Now, granted, something from the trailer might not make the final film, but you do have the the images of Leia holding Han's award from the end of 
New Hope, combined with the official images of there being a Karelian Corvette, don't know for sure which one, but a rebel blockade runner on the jungle planet. So you have the potential for that being the one that we are already know, and having Hans Award on there, and Leia goes on board, pulls out his, his medal, and it could be a kind of a quick but emotional moment, and that's not in here anywhere. Well, yeah, and even by the same token, uh, 3PO's memory could be on there, and R2 finds it and combines it with, you know, the the copy he has. We really don't know. I mean, there's so many little things in this movie that, that is not in this synopsis that, uh, yeah. you, you know, I'm sure we'll be surprised by. But but for right. somebody to have the idea that 3PO regains his memory and have that somehow, you know, that idea... Obviously, like you said, probably came from a different draft, but whoever's doing it has information. So it, you never know. It, it, it could have it could still work out that way. I mean, that would be a great idea. I loved it at the time. That was a rumor a long time ago. And well, I and, and I'll bring it up again. Idea. I'll bring it up again where it's really going to be good when we get to the final shot. Well, let's get there. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'll be quiet. No, no, no. Uh, so at this point, uh, Lando re-enters the story, having changed his mind, and he goes to the jungle base and wants to help however he can. It's at this time that Ray begins transmitting coordinates into the unknown regions obtained from the Wayfinder to the Resistance. So the Resistance mobilizes, readying themselves for the impending conflict. So now we go to Exegol in the unknown regions. Uh, Ray follows the coordinates found in the Wayfinder to the same spot Kylo did earlier in the film. Ray lands outside the giant cube floating above the ground and makes her way through the same underground passages. Uh, and for some perspective, it also says that the cube is so massive that one corner cannot be seen in frame when the camera is set at another. So again, for some perspective on how big this cube is, it's pretty huge. <laughs> Um, as Ray travels down into the depths of the planet, a giant Sith statue can be seen, or I think multiple Sith statues can be seen. Where Ray and Kylo's experiences begin to differ come in with where Ray discovers Palpatine. He is not in the same chamber that Kylo discovered him in, but in a huge arena surrounded by Sith loyalists in dark cloaks in the grandstands. Palpatine. What kind of arena? I, yeah. I, Palpatine is being supported by some sort of mechanical arm, possibly connecting him to some sort of life support machinery. And that is similar to something that Bespin Bulletin had reported a few weeks ago. Um, Ray begins to confront Palpatine. And during this conversation, Sidious reportedly confirms Ray's lineage and tries to um, uh, take her up with a, uh, get, get her to take up her lightsaber and strike him down, very much like how he encouraged Luke to do the same thing in Return of the Jedi. Telling hey, her that... Hey, Tim. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. That's what you do. You... I know. That's what I do. Oh, you, you, uh... you provide quality content and analysis and insight. I don't know about, I don't know about quality, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> did you ever read the uh, Palpatine book? Oh, uh, James Luceno Plagueis one? Yes, that one. I, I bought it and I started to read the first like chapter or two and then something happened. I forget what, but I wasn't able to finish it at that time and I was never able to pick it back up. So I have it and I own it, but I haven't finished reading it. Well, I listened to the whole thing on audiobook and I'm just trying to remember personally if I think Palpatine had relatives or like a brother. I, I don't really recall, 
but it, okay. it doesn't it doesn't say in the synopsis whether he's like directly from her right like ray ray is his or does right. it mention just you're a palpatine by blood yeah Outside. it doesn't specify i i do th- think somewhere along the way it's referenced grandfather but i'm not entirely sure right but what i'm saying is he would have had to have had a wife then i, I or mean a, some... or a mistress right you, you get what i'm saying i, I mean you yeah. can easily which which involves all sorts of thoughts of palpatine you'd rather not think about <laughs> but i mean if he had a brother who kind of you know did his own thing and had some kids and a wife and all that, then you could still have the Palpatine blood, but it's just not directly through him. I, I'm just, we haven't really, I don't think we've heard in the synopsis whether or not they say, yeah, you're my, you know, I'm your granddad. Or, yeah, I, mean, I I'm think your, I'm your grand uncle. I think that is the implication that we're, it is supposed to be a direct lineage of grandfather to granddaughter, I think, but I, I you're right, it doesn't it's not overly explicit with that side of things. And I'm wondering how far they book. go in. Well, I, yeah, I don't know how far into it they go in the movie directly, but, okay. Uh, but anyway, so he, uh, yeah, he has that blah, blah, blah. And he tells her that only in killing him, will she gain the power needed to save her friends. Again, this seems very familiar, right? Like the only thing that's missing here is he needs to go. Have, did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the wise? Uh, maybe he will. He should. That would make me beyond happy. Like, I, that would be amazing. <laughs> anyway, other than that, it seems like he's trying everything else all over again. Um, but apparently he also makes statements alluding to the belief that Vader could not betray Luke due to their familial bond, and that same kind of bond would ultimately cause Rey to do whatever the Emperor wishes. During his taunts, the sickly Sith opens the roof of the stadium chamber, revealing that the sky above is filled with Star Destroyers, soon to be embroiled in conflict with the approaching resistance. Again, this is kind of reminiscent with the Return of the Jedi, right? And as the battle between the First Order and Empire, First Order slash Empire, and the resistance begins to rage in the skies above them, Rey gives in to the Emperor's commands and decides to strike him down. Uh... Though the means are still a little foggy to him, Paxis does say that Ben Solo was able to leave the wreckage of the Death Star and his former persona behind and travel to Exegol with the purpose of joining Rey to help her face down Sidious. Before leaving the Death Star wreckage, Ben abandoned Kylo's lightsaber, so now he's walking into a war zone with no weapon. When he arrives on the planet, he encounters the Knights of Ren who are guarding the entrance to the arena where Rey and Sidious are. Ben reportedly dispatches each of them using only the force. So I will say, I think this sounds awesome. And it's, oh, yeah. a, it's a really, really cool, just like moment for him as a character, especially since this is his first conflict being Ben and he's able to just dominate it so easily. You know, that's really well, cool. You, you've already seen him, you know, stop a laser bolt midair with just the force. Right. So watching him walk through, you know, the formidable Knights of Ren and just like, you know, it, it it's really, uh, I don't know of any other way to think about it, but but for, for me, it's like when you saw Bruce Lee, you know, in End of the Dragon sneaking around and then all of a sudden all these guys come out. You're like, I feel so sorry for all these guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can already hear, I can already hear the claps in the audience at the premiere. Oh, yeah. That. All the all the all the Ben Swallow fans are just gonna go crazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, 
But so he does that pretty easily, it seems. And after doing this, he enters the arena as Rey is about to strike the Emperor using Leia's blade. Ben grabs Anakin's lightsaber and warns Rey to reconsider what she is about to do to not kill the Emperor in anger. Seeing Ben arrive pleases Sidious. He's then able to use his power to bond them together and begins to siphon power from that bond and direct it into himself. As the power flows into him, the once silky and decrepit Palpatine stands tall and strong once again, restoring himself to a much younger, healthier state. Now, originally they said uh, about Episode 3 Palpatine, and they didn't know for sure if that was before the lightning or after the lightning. It now seems like it is immediately afterward. So once he you know, puts the cloak up at the very end of the movie, he's saying, you know, execute order 66. It's that Palpatine that supposedly he's how he returns to and what he looks like. Wait, what? The, the Palpatine right before execute order 66? No, like what he looks like when he is giving that command. So, so uh, ain't that different? No, not really. But except I think it's just like physically, like he's not on life support. and whatever else he can just like walk around fight with yoda you know that kind of thing so palpatine's a vampire basically a I mean, force vampire <laughs> somehow he's able to to survive until this point that's another thing we don't have context yet with how he, exactly he was able to survive yet well we might not we might not get it we'll see and does he suck the power from them using a machine or does he just do it by the, by the dark sith magic I think it's by Dark Sith Plagueis magic stuff. I think that's interesting. Yeah. I like it. I don't. I you know. I I like when they don't have to rely on. This is a machine that's going to let me suck the energy from you or the force from you. It's like more. Nope. I read enough books that this is the dark side, and I'm going to steal all your psychic. Well, yeah. Energy. It, it seems like it would make more sense because uh, having the one like science torture device versus the dark arts of the dark side, you know, that makes more sense. Interesting, almost like uh, oh, what was it? The 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 machine, like the pit of despair in Princess Bride. Oh, yes, yes, you know, like they don't want to do that sort of thing. <laughs> no, so anyway, now we're going to disguise over Exegol. While all this action is happening on the ground, much more explosive events are happening in the sky. The resistance and the first order are locked in battle. The details Paxis has on what happens during this branch of the plot are a bit sparse. Uh, but what he has been told is that the resistance arrives and they are confronted with hundreds of Palpatine's Sith Star Destroyers. Their goal is to take out the flagship of the destroyers where General Pride is located. Taking out the flagship will, yeah. Yeah, will supposedly sever communication with the rest of his fleet and prevent them from being able to navigate the perils of the unknown regions. Okay, seriously, I, didn't, didn't they learn anything from Phantom Menace? <laughs> Uh, I guess not. Don't have one ship responsible for all the others. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, it's um, a movie trope, and I'm cool with it, but at the same time, you're like, you know, come on, guys. <laughs> they're like, oh, come on. That was, like, so long ago. I didn't think he'd try it again. Like, they're trying to outthink it. They're like, well, surely they did it once, so they'll think that we'll fix it, but we won't, so that they won't do it again, and we'll be fine. Right, like, oh, but they realize that you did it thinking that you didn't do it because we know that you did it. And now, right. oh. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> so, 
uh let's see where are we um at one point during the battle finn and janna joined by others but exactly who is not clear at the moment land on pride's flagship to destroy it they recognize this as essentially a suicide mission, but Finn and Janet in particular see the price they may have to pay as worth it to prevent more children from being abducted like they once were. One of his sources described it as a D-Day type of mission for the Resistance, where they attempt to land on a moving Star Destroyer amidst the battle scene. Okay, so let's stop that for a second, because uh, let, let's take some different rumors that we may or may not have reported on and put it all to this mm -hmm. so one of the rumors was a, a zero g fight right right and if we're talking about a storming of anything a la d-day right so are you telling me that they're gonna land on a moving star destroy in space and run along it and attack it and that's, that's probably where the, yeah. that's probably where the Sith jet pack troopers come into play. I mean, that could be the only thing I'm thinking about is didn't they say that supposedly Ray was involved with the zero G stuff? I, yeah, that I don't know. Because I I think so, Jesse. Let me know if I'm wrong. But we don't but know I, anything. But we don't see anything to where Ray's involved with anything. That's well, yeah. G. Well, well, we all. I mean. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it has to do with when she and uh, Ben are fighting in water at Endor. Maybe something like that. That yeah, could be. So, oh, so while this is going on, uh, Palpatine down below has returned to full strength, and he shoots lightning into Ben, forcing him to fall into a bottomless abyss, never to be seen again. And that is actually the last thing that they say about Ben for the movie. So <laughs> whether or not he like actually dies is, is a little less than clear here. I think that's the implication, but it isn't explicit. So I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like, like he, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's on the one hand, it's kind of poetic in a way that if that is how he dies falling over the edge of something into a bottomless pit the same way that he killed his own father it, it rhymes you know um at the same and, and i also do get the concept of having ben not survive this because uh it'd be really hard to deal with his character at the end of the movie once the good guys have won with ben just standing there like hey guys i'm a good guy now it's kind of hard to work with that even if ray gets it you're going to have a hard time convincing the rest of the galaxy about this. So I can see where from a story writing perspective, they want to go that route. And again, it kind of rhymes with Han. Um, but having yeah, said but that, I, I, well, like, if this is kind of permanent, it, it also seems like, a, especially after his moment with the Knights of Ren, it just seems kind of like, oh, oh, that's it? That he's done? Oh, okay. Well, that that's a problem in that that's exactly how it feels. Is that there's no possible way, in my opinion, that you just have... He falls down a pit, never to be seen from again. So that's the last you ever see of him in the Star Wars saga? Um, I mean, the idea generally is that we'll never see a sequel. I mean, we might, but... So you're going to leave the movie and he fell into a pit and that's it? Now, I've seen the... some people say that falling into a pit thus far, looking at you, Maul and Palpatine, doesn't necessarily mean that you die. Um, right, but I'm talking about for the end of the film is that you're gone. Right, you're right. not in the rest of the movie anymore. 
Right. And then one other thing that I will say, though, too, this just occurred to me. This is one of those little pieces of context that could change how you see something. Um, it would be really cool if it looks like Palpatine's about to destroy and kill Rey, and Ben kind of gets between them, and he kind of saves her, and in the process, this is what happens. I could see that working better. That's possible, but I mean, obviously, they'd have to have it to where the music kind of swells to let you realize this is the end of Ben right? Uh, solo. But at the same time, also, he's going to go out like Boba Fett. Well, the, a, the top I'm a comment. huge Boba Fett fan. I'm a huge Boba Fett fan. I love Boba Fett. But you're going to have the main villain go down a shaft and eh. He just took out the Knights of Ren. Easily. Easily. Without a lightsaber. And he gets thrown down a pit. It's like, come on, guy. What are you doing? All right, go ahead. Now, um. Well, the top comment on the Reddit post for this, by the way, is could you imagine Kylo Ren's last line in Star Wars be Wilhelm scream? Oh, wow. That would suck. <laughs> I do kind of love it, though. I'm sure you do. Are you, are you a big Kylo fan or no? Uh, no, I think he's really cool. I, like, I don't. I think other people are probably bigger fans than I am of him, but I do. I think he's. I think Adam Driver is great, and I, I think the character is very interesting. Are you mad at him because he killed your boy? I know, did I know he, you're uh, I did he though. I don't think he did. I think uh, that was no. more of a self sacrificial. Eh. He caused him to die. I mean, I know it. If you go on that route, then Luke caused himself to die by how he contributed to Kylo becoming Kylo in the first place. Very true. But if Kylo Ren was not born, Luke would be alive. So now it's Han and Leia's fault for killing yes, pretty much. Luke. Okay. Well, whatever works for you. <laughs> um, all right. Where are we? He's never. See, I, I, I take my eyes off and then I lose where we are. That's on you. <laughs> uh, here we are. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I got it. Sidious then shoots lightning into the sky at the Resistance ships. He reportedly continues to make statements about how Ray will join him. In defiance of this, Rey grabs both Anakin and Leia's lightsabers, and Palpatine turns his wrath on her. It's lightsaber versus lightning at this point, and when it seems like all hope is lost for Rey, the specters of Luke and Leia come to her aid. I do want to say real quick, too, that if you follow MakingStarWars.net, he put out a visual aid to help this moment, and it looks pretty freaking cool. We have the Emperor with his throne behind him, shooting lightning into Rey, who's got two lightsabers making an X, deflecting it. It is pretty darn sweet. You should check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Can I say something right now? Sure. You know what would be awesome? What? Is if, if Kylo is at the bottom of this pit, or Ben, or whatever. Uh -huh. You know, maybe it's not the bottom, but it's like an alcove, or like a ledge. Uh -huh. And he's like knocked out. And you hear somebody go like, wake up, Ben. And it's Anakin Ghost. Mm-hmm. Mm Gotta get back in the fight. Let's do this, kid. You got this. Go up there and help her. Time to take out Palpatine the way I didn't take out Palpatine. And then he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I that would be cool. Darth Vader, but Ben Solo loves Anakin, and he just goes up there and just like, <laughs> like he actually says that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> nice. And then like Anakin just like slaps him in the face, like that's for the first like or for the past like five years. Yeah, that would I work. Mean, yeah. So, uh, Luke and Leia come to her aid, right? They jointly work together toward overpowering the Emperor, deflecting his lightning back toward himself, killing him, and unleashing a powerful explosion, which is powerful enough to make the arena start to crumble around them. Darth Sidious, the last of the Sith Lords, is finally dead, supposedly for real this time. Wasn't there an update, though, to this? Uh, well, yeah, uh, which is, uh, according to Jedi Paxis, he is, he has said that he's just now starting to hear some whispers that more ghosts than just Luke and Leia might show up. He doesn't know who at this point and to treat it as a rumor for now, but he is starting to hear that. I swear if they do not put Hayden Christensen in this scene, I am hitting the desk for every word that I say. I will be mad. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a scene. Hayden's, uh, Anakin, excuse me. Kylo Ren's down for the count. Ben Solo, in a ledge, on a ledge, in a pit. You're going to hear Rocky music. <laughs> dun, 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 And then Anakin's going to be like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and it's going to happen. Sorry, go ahead. You might have some of the details of that a little bit off, but I like the spirit of it. A little bit. Yeah. Are we gonna get are we gonna get a, a full like concert suite of Kylo Ren's thing? You know, I I hope so, and I I've mentioned this before, I'll mention it again. I really hope that they have a lighter version of it that makes him see, that is almost like the Ben Solo theme, which is the same note progression essentially. And if you're wondering what this sounds like, go to YouTube and look up uh, the track The Miracle and Finale from Ben-Hur, the 1959 version, and listen to that music, and in there, you will hear a note progression that sounds just like Kylo Ren's theme, but it's faster and at a higher octave, and it gives you an entirely different feel. So it can still be the Kylo Ren theme, but modified to sounding more for Ben, and that would be perfect. Did you get me excited with that? I'm just saying it would be so good. Like I'm Boy, gonna listen to that I, later now. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my favorite music so far from the the sequel trilogy. Yeah, it's it is his theme. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah, know very much. Like in in the Force Awakens in the theater at the premiere, when Kylo shows up to Takodana, and his ship's landing, and they play his theme, and it kind of rounds the corner, and Maz's cat oh, is yeah. falling apart. You know, you're like, dude. Like, just the music and the ship at the same time, you're like, well, crap, here he is. <laughs> you know? It's such a great way to introduce his presence. Yeah, I, I think having a uh, more subdued version of that might be interesting. I have to point out real quick, we haven't had any steak sizzles yet. No, the steak's not gone on there yet. Okay. All the side dishes, you know, I got the corn on the grill right now. I've got the sauteed onions already made. I've got a pasta Ooh, side nice. dish. The steak's already mar- uh, marinating with a dry rub. Um, okay. But, you know. Hi, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I appreciate it. You hear me open the door a little bit to go outside sometimes. Shed a little <laughs> bit. But, uh, that, that's what Podcast 27 is about. 
That's exactly what it's about. Star Wars in summer, <laughs> even though it's now fall. <laughs> I barbecue all year round. That's yeah. That's how you got to do it. Because I live in a place where it's it's summer all year round. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of doesn't snow. Yeah. Sorry. I, you know, I like snow. I'm fine with that. I don't like shoveling it, but I like looking at it as it falls. Oh, I bet. Yeah. We actually so, have four distinct seasons. I don't have that. Yeah, no, and and the way I, I get them all, like I mean, summer can hit hard, winter can hit hard, and everything in between. It's all. What's here. the temp- What's the temperatures on? Uh, you're on the east coast, so what's the temperatures right now? I I I mean, I don't have it right in front of me. I know I was I was actually in Pennsylvania this past weekend, and they were I think they were like the low 80s there. I think. Oh Which wow! Is, that's a, yeah, that's a lot more. High. Yeah, I'm like it's a lot warmer than usual. Um, but yeah, that's. That's what we had. So like we've dipped into the seventies, which is a little unusual. And then uh, I hear we're gonna have a, a warm October. Uh, really? I'm seeing like eighty five. That's warm for us. So yeah, but we'll see. So uh, again, Sidious is supposedly finally dead this time. At the same <laughs> time, Finn and Janna complete their mission and succeed in destroying Pride's flagship. The two are prepared to go down with the ship, but are rescued at the last second by the Falcon. Ray escapes the crumbling arena. So now we go back to the Resistance's, I don't know if it's still secret or not, jungle base. Having won the day, the survivors of the battle regroup at the jungle base and celebrate. What follows is apparently a celebration across the galaxy, once again mirroring what is seen at the end of Return of the Jedi. But again, it, but it's appropriate. You know, that's what they should show. For It should be a celebration at the end of Episode Nine. You know? So if we're seeing it across the galaxy, are we seeing like a... Sorry, that was pop. No, I was seeing I, a replay um, of the special editions, but with different locales. Like, are we seeing, you know, Wampa's excited on Hoth? Are we seeing, you know, <laughs> what are we seeing? That would I, be cool. I want to see Coruscant and I want to see Naboo and places like that thrown it. Because, again, this is a great way to recap the series, you know, so, show celebrations across places that we don't even throw in a couple places that we don't know and we don't have names. For these planets, just throw them in there, but you combine them like, with what yeah. we do know. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, throw little droids on uh, skirting across lava on Mustafar and show them celebrating. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, do all of it. Get it all in there. Do it all. And then end with a celebration on Tatooine. The reason I say that is because that's the final location in the film. Is Tatooine. And it says, for the end of the film, the heroes then travel to where everything began, the desolate, sand-swept planet of Tatooine. Between defeating Sidious and this moment, Rey has disassembled Anakin and Leia's lightsabers and used their parts to construct one of her own that he's told contains a yellow or golden blade. Now, I want to pause here real quick. Um, I think that's awesome. I- I'm very excited about getting another color introduced into a film especially an episode i think that's a great thing uh i'm a little confused about it because uh, this is just the nerd in me the average person won't even care but i'm like okay where'd you get that crystal because leia's is supposed to be blue too so i'm like uh i i need to know where along the way you just came across this uh, yellow gold kyber crystal and can just throw that in the lightsaber do you think that looks the nerd in you yeah, I don't. I don't know because I, I still want would like them to explain why Tatooine is suddenly important. 
Like, is there a conversation at some point that Luke has with her saying, hey, you have to go here? Because why do they feel the need to go there, let alone all of them go there? It's... No, I, I feel like there is some dialogue context where it's brought up at some point. Because you're right, it would be very random without any explanation other than fan service to to suddenly give her the character the idea to be here. I mean, she has a purpose. It says here that um, she buries the leftover pieces beneath the Tatooine sands at the site of the Lars homestead. So, I mean, she has a purpose to be there, but how would she think, you know, I should bury these at Tatooine, you know, unless there's some sort of conversation. Well, that's the other thing that, you know, I, I talked earlier about uh, C-3PO's restored memory. Yeah. It would be awesome if he's... Oh, like yeah. And, and this is this is where this is where Anakin's bomb was abducted, <laughs> and this is where Anakin came back and slaughtered every you know just third. Not just the and men, but the women and the children too. Right, and, and obviously he wouldn't talk about that, but you can at least have sort of a conversation to where he's remembering things, because yeah. that's where C three PO was born. Well, he, I mean, he was born in Mothespa, but that's where he right. lived. Right, you know, so you could tie it all together. With the so that's why. That yeah, that's sweet. why having his his full memory back would be interesting if they do it. Yeah, I know that that would be awesome. It really would be. Like I hadn't really thought of that context yet, but that'd be sweet. It didn't take much. Uh, so as Ray turns to join Finn, Poe, Janet, Chewie, R two, three PO, BB eight, and Dio, so they're like they're all there. Um, a stranger calls out to her. The stranger apparently speaks of how nobody has been seen around this land for a very long time and asks Ray for her surname. This is the second time in the movie where this question has been asked to Ray, but unlike the first time on Pisana, Ray has decided who she is, and she gives the name Ray Skywalker to the stranger, adopting the name of her masters and revealing one of the meanings of the title of the film. Actually, this is the primary meaning of the title of the film, but again, I think there are numerous... Meanings. I don't even know if this would count as a primary or not. Maybe, but um, as Ray joins or begins to rejoin her friends, she catches a glimpse of some familiar glowing figures watching over her. The assembly of heroes look off into the distance at the horizon of the desert planet and watch the twin suns set on a universe filled with hope. Which is then the end. So, is it fan servicey? One hundred percent. Is it going to be satisfactory? Satisfactory. One hundred percent. Because if you have, I don't know. if 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 you have Ray and all, and, and Poe and all the Finn, the current heroes there at this location watching the sunset, and behind them you have Luke, Re- Leia, Anakin. Who knows? Maybe even Ben. Maybe Obi-Wan. even Obi Wan and Yoda. Yoda. Yeah, if you have all of them, Qui-Gon. like the entire cast of Star Wars, looking at a. Tw- <laughs> Like just the legs, Darth, Darth Maul's legs walk out only. Yeah, that'd be great. But, <laughs> but you but have it's the, real human legs. You have the, you have the the cast of Star Wars up until this point having that final moment. I mean, again, yeah, it, it is a little predictable in a way for that to be because we we've had that twice now. One, well, of course, the original one in New Hope, and then the ending for Revenge of the Sith. But at the well, same time, have, it's hard. It's the ending in the last movie, for the most part, you have Luke staring at a twin Luke, sons well, on, on October. But it's, yeah. still, it's meant to evoke Tatooine. the same feeling. Sure, sure. I'm like, but the thing is, is it a little predictable? Sure. At the same time, it's hard to argue that it's going to work. 
even if you might no, even that. well even if you might prefer something else this is still gonna work and it's still gonna be good especially if you have the rest of them behind you you know is this really what you is this really what you expected though when when kevin smith said that the ending of the the ending of everything will, will melt your mind I, I I don't know if it's weird because I don't know how much he knows and how much he might be assuming when he makes these statements. So like I don't know if he's talking about this actual scene here or if he's talking about Ben getting good. Like I, I don't know for sure what he's actually talking about because he might only have some information that he's extrapolating to mean more than it does. Or uh, even if he does mean this again, if we get uh, Ewan looking like Alec Guinness, Obi Wan and Hayden and all that, there, I mean, yeah, that might be right. Yeah, I'm just not sure, though. I haven't heard anything that will blow your mind yet, so I don't really know about all this. I don't know. I, mean, I, mean, I, there's, there's something that, I think there's a lot of things that we're missing. You know, I, again, Yeah, no, I think there are. We don't fully understand why they're, they'd even be on Tatooine in the first place. Right. Let alone, you know, that there's a whole, you know, the, the, the Force Ghosts are following them all over the place. You know, right? Once again, Stalker Ghosts. <laughs> and now, and and now Yoda's there, and it's just one of those. Why don't I have Ahsoka there? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if, if Dave Filoni has anything to do with this movie, she will be there. Nope, she's not dead. She's still alive. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm like Ahsoka just walks up on a dewback, or or I guess rides up on a dewback, jumps down, like, hey guys, and just walks past them, <laughs> and she like walks down the Lars homestead, goes inside. She looks so starts getting Anakin. some blue milk. It'd be better if she could have a ghost Anakin's like, hey, Sky Guy. (laughs) Yeah, that would be pretty good. I mean, if this this is the ending, if this is the ending, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. I don't have a problem with it. I I still think there's going to be more to it than all this. Yeah, there very well could be, but I I don't think it's hard to have a a direct issue with it. The only thing is, again, like, well, this is how episode three ended. Okay, I get it. And and actually, I had the idea. This says Twin Sunset. I had the idea. I told you this. I think it would be great if it were a Twin Sun Rise instead. Because not only, oh, that is, that, good. Not only is that closer to the title, but again, it's, it's, it's a mirror. It's not the same thing as what we had before. And it just adds a little bit of a different twist, a different visual. I think it'd be great to have it be a sunrise. And it's a little no, bit more be... optimistic to end. Absolutely, that'd be awesome. Um, Timmy just uh, renewed my faith. <laughs> well, I'm like, well, this says it's going to be a sunset, so I don't know. But Yeah, but maybe that's all they think of. Maybe. And, and, but again, even the visual, like they would have to be looking the other way, and the Lars homestead would be on the right instead of the left. You know, I just Early think it'd be morning, really cool. pancakes, breakfast, <laughs> eggs, bacon. Yeah. Yeah. But what, uh, the only thing I'm so confused about is, is what would be the point of going there in the first place? Well, like you said, you know, maybe three PO says something about it. I mean, we know she wants to bury the parts of the Skywalker um, Why? saber there. Well, maybe it's because they didn't have a chance to bury Luke, and I don't know what depending on what happens with Ray or I'm sorry, Leia. I don't know for sure if she just disappears like Yoda did or something. Then they won't have the chance to bury her either. So maybe this is some sort of uh, official send off for them. That kind of makes sense. I get what you're saying. It, I mean, it's, a, I, it's like burying an empty casket, so to speak. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of context in these types of ways that we don't have yet. As detailed as this is, and it gives us a great idea of the shape of the story, we don't have the full piece of art yet. So we'll need to wait and see how these even more refined details get ironed out. But I, I think the overall flow of the story is looking pretty darn good. Yeah. No, I wasn't, uh, you know, I could say that before these leaks started happening, I was far more interested in uh, in the Mandalorian than in this, and and now now I'm really excited for this. You know, should I, 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 I should I put in real quick the what I was talking about the miracle and finale from Ben Hur? Should I put that in the end here? My, yeah, go for it. I'm. I, it's a little hard to do that kind of thing, but if I have time, I'm gonna try to see if I can get that in there just to. Um, Show everybody because again, it, it, I don't know. It's, I don't know if you'll do this or not, but to me, this is a perfect way to to get the light side Ben theme going. So. I'm sure our audience would appreciate added content. Yeah, well, we're we're not David Collins in the soundtrack show, but any little thing we can add to give a little musical content, I'm sure our yeah. audience would be thankful. And and that is something that you and I do get into sometimes more than other shows. So, well, because because I I think next time. Unless something major happens, we should talk about what we want the soundtrack to consider. Oh, man. That's going to be a long one. <laughs> well, because fl- flat out, I mean, obviously, you know, today I tweeted it out that, that randomly on my iPod, it, it's just so ha- on my iPhone, I just happened to listen to um, um, Emperor's Throne Room. Right, which is supposedly going to be in this movie. Well, you know, we, we can't not get that music. Especially when we're going to go to, like, you know, the Emperor's throne room. <laughs> well, and we're going to, and we're going to the Emperor's arena. Well, yeah, with, with the and, Sith and loyalists the, around, and, and these Sith loyalists. Who the hell are these guys? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they could almost be like the new Knights of Ren, where they're just a bunch of people who are just there, and you're supposed to just accept it. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's fine. Well, like the Imperial dignitaries. Yeah, you know, these, these guys are more than Imperial dignitaries. These guys are like sycophants who, who clearly are like siphoning off. Some sort of latent or, or excess uh, force energy from Palpatine. They're just, they all look horrible. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the same kind of situation. Yeah. I mean, we'll know, because the thing is, now that we have the overall story shape, now we can start to piece together bits of and clues from things, especially, you never know. We might get something here from Triple Force Friday coming out that is able to confirm or give more context for some of this. Or oh, yeah. uh, especially once we're getting like the visual dictionaries and these types of things starting well, to come out. I think the visual dictionary technically comes out a day or two after. Here's what bothers me. Well, yeah, but we, we always get leaks beforehand, though. We do get leaks beforehand. And and the cool thing about and I've mentioned this before on this podcast, I know it. The cool thing is that the art of books will always reflect their previous books. Like the last right. Jedi showed the stuff about Han Solo, you know, right. and dying. There's really cool final, you know, Kylo Ren versus Luke Skywalker stuff that's not in the book, but they released after the movie. Right. There's a, there's going to be a ton of stuff that's very important final act kind of things that aren't in this book, and it kind of bothers me. I I, I agree with that honestly. I mean, because because when am I going to get it? Yeah, like it's not like you can add it as a download later or something. So unless they well, do they try to give you a PDF or something, but I mean, come on. Do you remember the re- the making of Revenge of the Sith? 
maybe before your time as that you know as a buyer, but they added the whole final chapter or two of the making of the Revenge of the Sith in PDF form. Yeah, I didn't. I, I wasn't um, following it that close at the time, but I remember hearing about it. Yeah, it's it's annoying. I mean, I still have it, but it's like I'd rather have it with my book. Yeah. I mean, I don't. We'll we'll see, but um, it's not stopping. Even though we do now have like the kind of whole plot synopsis out there, um, we're gonna be getting more details and more confirmations and stuff. Maybe some more things to change. Maybe Paxis will find out who those other ghosts are. He's hearing rumors about. So, um, we'll keep our our ears out and report back to you next time. But uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this. And if you have any thoughts about what you're hearing or, or uh, what you want to happen that isn't mentioned here or whatever else, let us know. You know, our, our methods, our email, our Twitter, the phone, all that good stuff. Uh, or you can just individually reach out to either Mark or me. Mark's uh, handle on Twitter is, of course, at GriddleMarks because he likes to make marks on a griddle. And That's exactly his name is also, from, like his name is also Mark. Uh, and, uh, uh, me, if you feel like shouting something out to me, it is at uh, trooper underscore five. I've been thinking about changing that, but I haven't yet. Um, and then the podcast is at podcast two and eight seven. Very hard to figure out. So, um, all right. And, and then also feel free to feel free to send us uh, if you'd like any any Force Friday uh, stories that you may have had. Triple, oh yeah, triple that's true. Friday. I keep forgetting that that's going to be before the next episode. So yeah, yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. So uh, feel free to. To send us that or any any thoughts you have on on uh, Resistance season two, because uh, I'm sure if that is this weekend, Jesse, let us know. I'm looking uh, it up right now. If that is this weekend, I'm sure we'll be talking about that on Monday as well. Okay. All right. All right. All right. October sixth. Yeah. So it's Sunday. All right. See ya. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Hey, and this is post-editing, Tim, here. And um, uh, basically, there was a new Now This Is Podcasting episode to come out since we recorded this episode. And instead of putting it off until next week and, and delaying it any further, decided to go ahead and just cover real quick some of the things that are in there before we get to the music track that I referenced earlier. So uh, first off, just want to throw in there that um, Jason does not know who the Jedi are that come to help rejuvenate Rey, but speculates that Ben Solo could be one of them. Um, he says that behind Palpatine's throne there was ice or some sort of crystal and it looks somewhat like Superman's Fortress of Solitude. The scene where Kylo Ren reforged his helmet is a lot more brief now than it was before and the Knights of Ren are still included. During reshoots, they have reshot Dio's introduction into the film and it sounds like he's introduced on Ochi's ship and he's repaired there instead of at the droid repair shop on Kijimi, which again, of course, does line up with what Jedi Paxis had said. Jason thinks that Luke and Leia's ghosts don't show up anymore to help Rey fight Palpatine, but disembodied voices instead. So again, that's also interesting to have that uh, difference where Rey can kind of maybe a little bit more have this scene not not, not necessarily be stolen, but be more revolving around her, and then we maybe see them physically at the very end of the movie. Um, Jason heard something about seeing Rey's parents on Tatooine when she was burying the lightsaber parts, which was changed to Luke and Leia. So again, kind of lines up with what I was just saying there too. And Jason thinks you see Rey's parents in a hut on Jakku, then they are murdered. So again, just a couple more things to throw in there. And again, now we are going to have the music track referenced previously. <laughs> 